I realized along the way that it's more about the personality of the site owner than it is about the industry that they're in. A lot of times you can tell the way a project is going to go from that very first discovery phone call before you even write the proposal. Hey, Feasters! Welcome to Episode 8 of Season 7 of Live in the Feast. I'm Jason, aka Rez, helping you grow your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business designed around the life they want to live. That's Live in the Feast. If this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button so that you get notified every time a brand new episode drops. Live in the Feast is in your podcast app of choice, and if not, I'll chase that founder down and make him put it there. If you've heard this show before, leave us a review in iTunes or drop us a comment in Breaker or CastBox. Today's co-host is Kate Gilbert. Kate and her husband, Evan, were coaching clients of mine, so this episode will forever hold a special place in my heart. Kate is a WordPress expert and online marketing coach, and she's spent the past decade building and supporting custom-built WordPress websites. In that time, she's helped launch more than 100 websites. Kate teaches website owners how to launch their own websites and maximize their online reach over at WPMaster.me. She believes that everyone can have a website that shines. It just takes the right know-how and consistent focus on keeping your message simple and clear. In this episode, we dive into how to shift your ideal client as you evolve and how to handle that with existing clients. We also talk about the importance to being empathetic and listening to the lives of others. And finally, we dive into how flexible you can be with your ideal client. This is such a great conversation. Here's Kate and myself. Hey, Feasters. Welcome to another episode of Live in the Feast. I am super excited to be talking with Kate today. Welcome, Kate. Hi, Jason. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This is a... A special time for me because <laughs> you and Evan, uh, you know, we've worked together in a coaching capacity and, you know, that was several years ago. And so things have transformed <laughs> in your yeah. in your world. Um, and so I'm, I'm super excited to dive in a little bit here about that. You know, we, we work through a little bit of the ideal client scenario. Um, obviously, you've taken that ball and gone <laughs> completely down the field with it this point in time. You got two businesses, which one of the businesses we'll definitely dive into. Um, the other one also, maybe uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that too. Uh, you know, Code Whiz, as well as your online business, helping other businesses realize the importance of their website and, and building all of the businessy ends of these things. And we'll dive into that as well. Um, Kate, before we start out, who is your ideal client? Yeah. So my ideal client is a business owner who has a message and wants to get it out there to as many people as he or she can. And 
most of the time, my ideal client is so passionate about that, that they have a hard time sort of giving up the control and handing over their ideas to someone else. So it's really led me to a, a more question and answer and guide approach to helping people set up their online presence. So when you say that somebody is passionate, has a message coming out that they want to bring out to the world in a way, how do you find that? Is it nonprofits? Is it B2B companies? Is it consumer-based? What's the sweet spot there? So these days I'm working with a lot of female business owners who started their brands themselves, maybe out of their home, but they're growing to the point where they realize that they really have something and that there's potential to tap into on the web, both nationally and internationally. So they, they need some help getting to that next level. And they're ready to partner with an expert in the tech things that they don't understand, but they're not ready to give up control. And as a web consultant since 2005, that was one of the really toughest learning processes that I went through was how to negotiate that with the client, um, how to bring their vision to life on the web while still keeping it theirs. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, the female entrepreneur, if you will, how did you, I mean, obviously you're a female entrepreneur, but aside from that, how did you, what attracted you to that specific role, if you will? And two, how how do you go about finding them? Yeah. So um, as a female entrepreneur, I seek out conferences and networking events all the time where I can network with other women who are going through similar life stages as me. So we're trying to run a business while a lot of the time raising a family, running a household. We tend to have a different schedule. It's like 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. instead of 8 to 5. Right, right. So As a business owner, when I really started to get aggressive about growing my brand, the women's networking events were the ones that I found my home in. Mm. But when I got there and I started chatting with people about how I could help them on the website, what I found was that so many of these women were so afraid of tech and of investing in development projects because they'd been burned in the past. Mm. They'd hired developers or graphic designers to build them websites that didn't come out the way they wanted. They had very, very particular ideas about how they wanted to represent their brand online. They could paint you a picture of it, Mm -hmm. but time after time, they'd laid out money and not seen that picture come to life. Mm. So... I'm in these networking groups, I'm making friends, I'm chatting with women as, as we do. And I'm just hearing horror story after horror story about attempts to improve their online presence and get a better website or do more with their business online, failing and ending in frustration. Mm. As opposed to prior to that, before I was a mom, I worked with a lot of clients in the health and higher ed sector. So when you can sit around a table with a research group that has funding, 
that has done this before that probably has a couple STEM-minded people on the team, the project is a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. So I really landed in this niche because I wanted to help my friends <laughs> and build websites for the people who I was hanging out with and having lunches with. And um, I just really listened for a long time at what was not working for them in, in the industry. Mm, yeah, I think that's a good point there, but it's a lot of listening, right? Like a lot of people want to, I don't want to say impose, but they think about what who they want to serve and then they, they go seek those people out and they say, hey, this is who I help and this is who I serve rather than just maybe taking it in, mm-hmm. like being a little bit empathetic, hearing other people's stories, maybe even asking existing clients that you're working with to say, hey, look, you know, what struggles do you have today? Like, how's business going outside of what we're working on? How's business? You know, things like that. It's something that, you know, we're eight episodes into this season already. And I don't think there has been one person yet that said that they didn't just stop and listen for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I get into a lot of the how, if you will, I always like to ask, what's your defining moment in life so far? Oh, geez, that's a tough one. <laughs> My defining moment is uh, probably when I decided to work for myself. And when I really came to terms as an early college graduate with the idea that working in a financial services role or in law or in, in a typical corporate job was never going to be right for me. Mm. And it was a little bit jarring because then it's like, well, what do I do then? I can't live at home forever. I can't, you know, (laughs) cobble together waitressing and babysitting jobs forever. I want to do something impactful. So I decided that by developing this skill of building websites, and this is over 15 years, I could contribute skill while working on my own terms. And Mm. really that has changed everything changed my whole perspective on supporting myself and on doing business with others is that my number one reason for being in this field is that I wanted to work for myself. Mm. And I would say most of my clients, if I went down the list, are also working for themselves. And most of the successful client relationships that I have, the ones that go on, and on through multiple iterations of a website are those people who are just like me, who sort of always knew that they were independent-minded and and driven by some goal inside themselves rather than outside. Kate has been able to make that impact that she's looked for in life with a skill that she's developed over the years. Today, and we'll dive into this in the show, she's helping kids learn how to code and do robotics. So cool. I wish I was nine all over again. She's a true champion of the live life of your own design model. And I'm so excited to have known and helped Kate and Evan 
even in such a very, very small way with Feast and Coaching. If you want worksheets, exercises, and the ability to create that ideal client so that you can make an impact in the world that you want to live in, also become the go-to resource and build a sustainable business, head over to feastacademy.com today. As a member, it is essential for me to meet you where you are so that you are getting the exact tools so that you don't get lost in that shuffle. The moment you sign up, we're going to have a chat so that I could create a custom syllabus of resources within Feast to meet you where you are. See, Feast is the community and resource hub for developers and designers ready to get off the project searching hamster wheel and actually run the business that they set out to build. I know your business isn't the same as everyone else's. So that's why Feast differentiates itself from everyone out there by getting personalized guidance. If you want to stop chasing down that next project all the time so that you could start living your life, go to feastacademy.com today and use the code golden egg at checkout and your first month is only $20. One of the first things that I noticed of both you and your husband, Evan, when we first started working together was the drive. Like you both have that drive to like, hey, I want the freedom and the flexibility to live life, really. Like I'm working, I'm working in this field so that I can then go ahead and do that. You know, I, I've seen you guys travel across the nation and things mm -hmm. like that and be able to have those flexibility uh, to do that. I mean, that's, that's why I do what I do as well. Like, you know, like before we started pressing record here, you heard my son yep. <laughs> background. Right. And so, you know, to be able to do that very much like you, like I knew that sitting in a cube or at somebody else's desk wasn't really meant for me. Mm -hmm. Like it was just one of those things. And I was just like, okay, well, how do I then go ahead and make a life for myself? but be able to support it, like support my family and the goals and all of that other stuff. And thank God for the internet, right? right. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I would do <laughs> if the internet wasn't here. So cool. So the ideal client that you have, the woman entrepreneur, the like-minded woman entrepreneur that, you know, really strives for, that's driven, that strives for what she wants. How did you unpack that? How did you come about the the actual i hate to use the word but like the avatar right like we've all heard those customer avatars and the demographics of like hey you know likes to shop at this store drives this car you know has two kids like in the services world that doesn't necessarily line up all that much like although it sounds like in your space at least you found that they are family they do have a family, maybe mm -hmm. young kids. There's a certain time window of any given day that they have available to them. But outside of that, how, how did you develop the, the ideal client? Yeah. So really through trial and error and um, analyzing after every launch site, was that a good match or um, mm. is that somebody that maybe I won't be best working with again. And 
it's not a personal thing. I mean, I mm-hmm. used to say, I don't have a niche. My niche is WordPress. If you need a WordPress website, I'm all ears. I, I don't care if you're going to sell tires or hot tubs. Mm-hmm. But I realized along the way that it's more about the personality of the site owner than it is about the industry that they're in. So the personality that works best for me is the site owner who has a very defined vision, who wants to be involved in the execution, who can sit across the table with me and really pick apart the project and Hmm. get into the creative process, roll up her sleeves and, and do some work with it. The projects where a administrative assistant is tasked with coordinating the website, those might stay on timeline, stay on budget. All of the little checkboxes are checked at the end, but most of the time the site owner is not going to feel like the finished product has their vision because they weren't a part of the process. Hmm. So more than evaluating a prospect's revenue or industry or where they spend their vacations, I'm evaluating how comfortable it is for us to have that first prospect call, how difficult it was for the call to be scheduled. If the person is receptive to suggestions, if they come with their own suggestions, Mm -hmm. a lot of times you can tell the way a project is going to go from that very first discovery phone call before Mm -hmm. you even write the proposal. So trial and error, I've learned to see the red flags and to see the golden eggs. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And, and a client who says, I don't know, you're the designer. You tell me what looks good. Might have both of us, you know, wringing our hands at six weeks in when we just can't come to something that we both think looks good. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I mean, We've had a couple of people on the show talk about like, it's easier to find out who you don't want to work with than who you do want to work with. Mm -hmm. And once you know who you don't want to work with and you can identify those characteristics, then it's easy to spot them. And then you say, okay, this is not somebody that I want to work with. And then you kind of put that filter up there, right? Like they kind of catch them. Um, It's awesome. I love that. Like the red flags and the golden eggs. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess a question that I do have is, is, okay, so you, and this, this is only coming from me, like who I am, because I am a work from home dad. I take half, you know, several hours a day in the middle of the day and watch the kids while my wife goes and works and Mm -hmm. she, she does her thing. So I'm curious to know, like, do you have any men clients or is it just women because you can connect on that level? I do have plenty of male clients Oh, okay. and it, it works out just fine. I have identified my ideal client as a woman because my number one best customer is a woman. And hmm. um, I believe in, you know, modeling that off the single most viable customer. Absolutely. But Certainly, we don't discriminate. And (laughs) the in-person workshops that I'm running at um, our brick-and-mortar business in downtown Jersey City have a much more co-ed brand feel to them. 
Hmm. Okay, so you brought that up, and I'm definitely interested to know. Can you describe what your brick and mortar business is? Yep. Um, so it's totally different than my web development, WP Master May. After building a web agency for over a decade, my husband and I had two kids in Massachusetts, and um, he didn't like his corporate job was really feeling unfulfilled in it. And we were far away from family. So we looked for a business to buy that would let us come back to the New York area. And we selected CodeWiz, which is an after-school kids coding and robotics center. Kids come to us from 4 to 8 p.m. in the evening to learn Lego robotics drag and drop coding, hmm. 3D printing, all the way up through Java and Python. Hmm. We run camps. We have Saturday hours, birthday parties, parents' night out, you name it. And I'm focused right now on bringing my web support business for adults into this new storefront location that we have hmm. and finding ways for that ideal client website owner who wants to get her hands dirty to actually come and sit across from the table at me, from me at CodeWiz and build the, the site and the web solutions in collaboration there. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. First of all, I, I wish there was CodeWiz when I was nine years old because forget it. That, yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome, right? Like all us, all us geeks would love that. Um, so with that, the melding, if you will, of the online business that you've built over the past decade and then the brick and mortar business trying to bring like, I guess, a local flair, right? Like, because mm -hmm. it's going to, I mean, I don't know what the plans are, but like, obviously you're targeting that local space right now to bring in those entrepreneurs in there. Yep. What's different with that? What has shifted or what has changed in your ideal client, if anything? Yeah, well... What's really changed is my approach to what my work brings to people. So I used to think of it as I deliver website solutions, code and whatnot that brings marketing initiatives online. But now that code was in the mix, what it really boils down to is breaking down the barriers to tech and helping to translate the terms and code and what is hosting, what is a domain name, take those things all off of the pedestal and bring them down to regular conversational level and help more people understand them. Whether those people are elementary and middle school age kids or business owners, because mm. if you look around you, like by the time these kids hit kindergarten, they're all in the same <laughs> electronic ecosphere. So I got my own little theories on all of that. I'm sure that the kids are actually more receptive to the learning than the adults, right? Yeah. Uh, well, the kids aren't as afraid of it. Um, it's sort of like, think about swim lessons. If you take your six-month-old to swim lessons at the Y and you hold them against you and you cuddle them and you tiptoe into the water and you're there to cuddle them when they cry, they're going to take to it a lot better than. Um, Imagine you have a grown adult who never learned to swim and he's standing on that same pool deck. Somebody he tells him to get in the water. Who's going to hold him when he cries because it's freezing cold? Nobody, right? <laughs> yeah, um, right? So there's a lot more fear as we age. 
the kids are ready to just come at it and they're not embarrassed when they have questions or when they stumble. Mm. And so what Evan and I are trying to do with our adult programming is make it as fun and as interactive so that the adults who want to learn these things can feel comfortable to jump right in there. Mm. I love that because uh, <laughs> just the other day I was at my mom's house and she's asking my nephew who's 10 how to put her Bluetooth speaker on her phone. So it's just, it's like, it's, it's funny because I used to get those questions. Now I'm glad that he's old enough that yeah, he gets those right. questions. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that's awesome. So how has it been working in a live environment or, you know, like you said, sitting across the table rather than like on a Skype call or a Zoom call or over email, like how has that changed or shifted? Maybe even just communication. Um, yeah, so it's a lot easier to get to the right image or to the right phrase when you're in the same room as the person because there's an energy. When I pull up a stock photo on a Zoom call to ask my client if she likes it for her background, I can't see the way she wiggles her shoulder or if she leans in and smiles a little bit. Mm. When you're in the same room as somebody, the energy is right there, whether the idea is working or not, and you don't need to dwell on it. It's like, yes or no, move on to the next thing. And then in the small group workshops and classes that we run, you also get the added benefit of community. I'm going to be teaching a series of WordPress workshops in the CodeWiz location, and I'm going to be creating a private Facebook group so that the site owners, as they work on their homework in between the weekly seminars, can share their outcomes and ask questions mm -hmm. of each other. because. Once you get in there, I mean, all the answers are on the internet, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's really the hard part about bringing all of this together online is knowing how to write, ask the right questions. And the more people you have in the room, the more questions get asked. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's all how you're crafting all of these interactions and these, how you're working in your businesses, right, is very similar. You know, I'm hearing a lot of the same sort of listening, you know, you're noticing, you're being perceptive of certain things, mm -hmm. right? Like whether that's an online call with somebody and you're seeing how receptive they are to suggestions or how they interact with you, if they're throwing their hands up and saying, hey, I don't know, you're the designer versus in person area where you Notice somebody just slightly lean in a little bit, and maybe their shoulders go up or in excitement or mm -hmm. their shoulders just go down in disappointment or something like that. Those small little body cues, you're right. You don't get those online. It's one of the things that I sort of miss about the in-person meetings because I don't have, I rarely do with any of my clients, but what I kind of miss is, is finding out what is important right away. Like just looking around their office, let's say if they have all family photos, well, their family's important. If they have all awards, professionally driven awards, well, then you know what that's. And it's just those little nuance, yep. like being perceptive about that stuff. So that's awesome. I find it also helps for the client to work, to see how I set up the page to work with me whether it's in a Zoom screen share or we're sitting side by side, 
when they see how their events calendar is built and all of the options that I select in the setup, the number of emails after launch about can we add this, can we tweak that, goes down tremendously, hmm. not because they're less picky, but simply because as humans, when we understand something, we feel more comfortable with it. Hmm. So if all of the things that go into your business website are just shuttled back and forth in the form of text, emails, and attachments, what kind of feelings going to come to life on that website? Hmm. I like that. So how have you then transitioned some of the things that you're learning just even in the in-person engagements back online so that like you're saying now, like just emails back and forth, how have you sort of shifted the, the game over there? Yeah. So one of the tactics that I found tremendously helpful is to answer my clients' questions with videos sometimes, because I know that if I show them how to do it, it's going to be a lot more effective than me telling them how to do it. If it's something complex that is going to require a video longer than like 60 seconds, then I invite them to schedule a call with me. Hmm. I used to be very protective of phone calls because I had the mindset that I can't work when I'm talking to you. You know, um, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. can only work like when my hands are on the keyboard. But now I welcome phone calls like even force them on my clients because those are the times that the decisions get made. And if I can pin them down and have them select the headshot in real time, then that's done. And right. we don't need to belabor it anymore. Yeah. I like the video. I've used uh, a tool called Loom. Yep. A, I use Loom too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super helpful. I mean, I've gotten great responses being like, this is so much better than if you wrote me out like 14 paragraphs on how to do this thing, because now I could see it and I could replay it and I can, yep. you know, I could walk people through it in that way. And when I do the longer office hours calls, I offer one and two hour office hours. I always record them via Zoom. Hmm. So the client can keep it, can refer back to it in the future when she wants to change that page or add a new event, whatever it was we went over is hers to keep in MP4 format. Nice. So obviously that then that translates into, I mean, it, we're, we're sort of inferring here, but we haven't really said the words yet, but you've built a business that is a recurring model. These mm -hmm. websites get launched and then you also then manage it and take care of it and make sure everything's working and do changes on that, on the back of that, correct? Um, actually, I don't do that anymore. Oh, okay. I used to host and maintain most of the sites after launch. And when I opened CodeWiz and added this education component into my life, something had to go. Mm. So now after a site launches, I refer the client to a hosting and maintenance company called WordKeeper. And they will update all the plugins, upkeep the software up to date, and do server-side support items. Mm -hmm. help with redirects, help with PHP version upgrades, backups. They manage the backups, the restores, et cetera, so that 
I can know that this beautiful site that I've helped this person build is going to be hosted on a server that does it justice. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to manage all of the little things. And then I'm welcoming the clients to come back when they want to make a bigger change or if they want to learn how to do more with certain parts of their site. I'll help them with the front end things and the hosting company helps with the back end things. Gotcha. So the office hours that you offer to your clients, what's that relationship? So it's an as needed hourly rate. If you look on my website, WP Master May, there's a number of different topics that I can help people with. But basically, you come with a problem. For example, you have a plugin on your WordPress site that shows related posts in the sidebar, and it's been there forever, but now it's stopped working, and the guy who installed it years ago is no longer reachable. Mm. Prime example. So that person might go on my site, schedule a one-hour mini call. We'll meet in Zoom at the time of the call, and we'll fix that issue together. Mm. Whether that means editing the plugin file or more commonly throwing out that old plugin and replacing the function with ideally something that doesn't come from a plugin. And it's a one-time thing. They don't have any ongoing contract with me, but what they do gain is I then have familiarity with their site and they have a contact to put in their CRM to call upon when the next plugin breaks or the host company sends an email they don't understand. Yeah, I like that. So before we wrap up here, what's next in the next six, 12 months? More teaching. I'm really looking for a way to bring the workshops that I'm running in person in Jersey City online Hmm. and to have people be able to participate in them from their homes, from their communities an interactive way as if they're sitting in the classroom. Hmm. So that's what I'm focusing on right now is developing a curriculum that will deliver the DIY skills that a person who wants to do their own marketing needs and delivering it in a way that doesn't require a tech assistant to attend the class and to take advantage of. Yeah. I like that. Any headway on that? Is there any, like, if somebody's listening to this, that obviously isn't in Jersey City, but it definitely resonates with them and everything else. Is there anything that they can go ahead then and get on a wait list or sign up to that somebody can do? Yep. So I'm already publishing tons of tips and many videos, tutorials, and blog posts on my site at wpmaster.me. And if you join my list, at wpmaster.me slash get your guide, you'll get a free downloadable PDF of the top things to worry about when caring for your own website. And you'll also be the first to know when I have online workshops on the calendar. Yeah. And we'll definitely throw all of those links in the show notes for sure. Awesome. Definitely go ahead and uh, click over into the show notes and click over into Kate's uh, opt-in there. This has been awesome, Kate. Uh, I love hearing the story and how 
first of all, I want to code whiz here in Oceanside, New York. So I'm not sure how to make that happen, but that would be so sweet because I think especially my oldest son, he's only three, but he's definitely STEM minded. He's definitely of the engineering ilk, if you will. Yeah. And he's always, he's always exploring all of those sort of things. We have all, my wife has done an amazing job of building these like STEM, like engineered projects. Oh, cool. if you will. Mm-hmm. I guess if they're projects there, but just things like, you know, like different beakers and water and colors. Mm-hmm. And then there's other things with like rice and beans and all of these other things that are just like these home built things. And it's just wonderful to watch him explore and like see, just learn. Cause what he's really learning there is like some of these things is physics. Yeah. And how to be curious and yeah. I'm like, this is going to be a big mess. Yeah. But <laughs> it's what it is. You know, he's adopting it. So Yeah, we teach some preschool coding craft classes where um, kids work with like big chunky beads Mm -hmm. and make name bracelets or patterns or perler beads. Mm -hmm. And when you get to ages four and five, look into any kind of forming of a sequence or pattern. Yeah, he does that all the time. He'll line up things in color-coded patterns, letters, like everything. It's, It's sneakers our secret like our shoe rack is just all in patterns it's funny but uh it's fun to watch this has been awesome kate um where can folks reach out and say thanks yeah so you can reach me by email at kate at wpmaster.me or look me up under that handle on instagram and facebook awesome and we'll link up all of those in the show notes as well kate thanks for uh sharing some time and uh wisdom with us here today thanks jason it was great to catch up with you Yeah, absolutely. And for everyone listening, until next time, it's your time to live in the feast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I could speak for both Kate and myself by saying that we'd love to hear the one takeaway that you got from this episode. It's super simple. In this podcast app, go ahead and drop in a comment or review, whichever one applies. Or go ahead and share it in a tweet and tag me at Rez on Twitter, that one takeaway. I'll be happy to share it with Kate. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you'll be the first to listen in next week when we will be back with Emily Leach. Emily founded and runs a conference called FreeCon. We're going to talk all things ideal client for freelancers and why she's built a conference around it. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast. Mm -hmm.